Howdy. Good morning. If you would be taking your Bibles and turning with me to John chapter 10. John 10. I hope everybody's nice and warm and cozy this morning, right? It's so cold out there. But we'll be in John chapter 10. We'll be looking at uh, the most of the chapter, not every verse in the chapter. Uh, but John chapter 10 is where we're, we're going to spend our time together this morning. As you know, we're walking through the gospel of John together as the church family. We've come up to chapter 10, and as we get to chapter 10, I think this is like 13 sermons out of this gospel, we have found that John is true to his word. You remember when we began, we talked about the fact that the reason why he wrote this gospel, he tells us why he wrote this gospel, we tell us, he tells us why God inspired him, the Holy Spirit had him write the gospel, it's very simple, it's so that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we would have life in his name. Like, that's the purpose. We don't get to decide why he wrote this gospel. That's the reason why God gave us this gospel. And so, when we come to John chapter 10, guess what we're going to see? Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that if we believe in him, we will have life in his name. And so, it's the same theme every week as we open up his word to us. We were reminded of who Jesus is. And so before we get into our sermon this morning, I want us to begin in verses 10 and 11. John 10, verse 10 and 11, and we're going to circle back to them, but I, I circle back to the beginning of the chapter. But I, I want us to get at the heart of what this chapter is talking about. And so John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus speaking here says that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for your word to us. I thank you that we have a good shepherd we can turn to this morning. Lord, we have a shepherd who cares for us, who loves us who wants to guide and direct us and have a relationship with us. Lord, we need your help in this place today. I need your help. Lord, I want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Help us to hear your voice to us this morning, God. I pray that you would speak to our hearts through your word, that your word uh, would burn like passion in us, Lord, like fire in us, Lord, that you would show us who you are and what it is you've called us to. Lord, I pray that you would unite us around the gospel. God, help us to be focused on what it is you've given us and what it is you've given us to do, Lord. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so Jesus says here that he is the good shepherd. And since he is the good shepherd, we are to listen to him and we are to trust him. We are to listen to his voice and we are to trust his promises. Since Jesus is the good shepherd, we listen to his voice and we trust his promises. And so first, let's talk about what it means to listen to his voice and why we need to listen to his voice. If it, the reason why we need to listen to his voice, first reason is we are sheep. And the one thing about sheep, the Bible talks about us being sheep all throughout the Bible. Those who follow the Lord, they are, we are his sheep. The one thing about sheep is that sheep are dumb. I know you came in for a pick-me-up this morning, but the truth is, is that sheep are dumb. I, I have a, 
uh, a buddy, a uh, pastor friend of mine, every week when we're preparing sermons, we call each other and we discuss or debate or argue, however you want to put that, what we're going to be pulling out of the passage that we're getting ready to preach. And, and so I was telling my friend, I was like, no, no, look, it, the reason why he, the Bible calls the sheep is because sheep are dumb. And he's like, don't call me dumb. I'm not dumb. And I was like, you're going to be an illustration, man, because you're too proud to admit that you're dumb. And so anyway, I won't tell you his name. He said, as long as you don't use my name, it's okay. But, but, uh, but sheep are dumb. And I'll give you some examples of how sheep are dumb. Sheep spend their days eating grass. Like that's what they do. They eat grass. That's pretty much all they do is they eat. I mean, that sounds like a nice, peaceful life, doesn't it? But the problem is, is that constantly eating and doing nothing else causes problems. First off, when sheep show up to eat grass, you know when they stop eating grass? When it's gone. Everything is gone is when they stop. They don't know when to stop eating. Huh? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, I ate too much, right? You're sheep. Told you. But uh, they, we, they eat everything in sight. And so you can imagine the area that's left, the pasture that's left after sheep get done. It's a big dust ball. There's nothing left for anybody else. That's what it's like to follow sheep around. Not only that, sheep get so focused on the grass that's in front of them that they're walking and they're following the grass. And the next thing you know, they fall over. I about fell over, see? I'm a sheep. And so they look up and they're like, where'd everybody go? I was just sitting here eating grass, minding my own business. Next thing I know, I'm lost. I got a full belly and nobody around because they're not paying attention. Not only that, sheep need to lay down in order to digest all the food they've eaten, all the grass they've eaten. You know how smart they are? They don't know when to lie down. They don't know when to go to bed. Can you relate to that? Some of you can, some of you can't, right? You're like, I know when to go to bed. Right? We're no different than sheep. We make dumb choices. We don't know what choices to make because we are sheep. We are dumb. Notice I'm not saying you are dumb. I'm saying we are dumb. It's a, it's a group insult, and so it doesn't count. So don't get offended. We are dumb. We are dumb sheep, and we are dumb sheep who are in danger. Always in danger. Psalm 23 mentions that sheep are led by the still waters. There's a reason why it's important for shepherds to lead their sheep by still waters. You see, rapidly moving water is not good for sheep. You know why? Because if they slip and fall in... Well, think about this. Imagine that you were wrapped in a wool coat. Remember, that's what sheep are. What happens when you fall in the water? What Would you want to try and swim with a wool coat on? No. The, water so, the wool coat soaks it up. It makes them super heavy. It's really hard for them to get back out of the water. And so they're afraid of uh, moving water. They like ill water. They, they want to know that it's safe before they get up there. Not only that, they're not very good at fighting off predators. In fact, you would say that they are helpless. David talked about fighting off the lions and the, and the bears against uh, when, the sheep, or when the sheep were in danger. The problem is, is that sheep, remember, they're not real smart. You know like if an antelope knows a lion's coming, everybody runs. They scatter and they run away as fast as they can. What sheep do when they see danger they don't run, they don't fight back, they huddle up. And they get closer together. You know what that does for the predator? Especially if he doesn't have good sight? Gives you a big old target, right? Oh, I get my own, I get a pick, it's a sheep buffet. They've been eating all day, they don't know where to lay down, they don't know to run away, I get to eat them. They are in danger constantly. 
Guys, we are in danger constantly. Not only that, you know, sheep, they can fall over on their back and they can't get turned back over and then they can't breathe, they can't digest, all the blood runs out of their legs, they can't stand up. I know what that's like, right? Lose the feeling in your legs, not be able to stand up. I mean, that's what sheep experience on a day-to-day basis. They need a shepherd. Maybe the most dangerous thing about sheep is they are easily led astray. Sheep are born followers. There's stories of one sheep walking over the edge of a cliff and all the rest of them following them off the side. Like, I wonder where Fred went. Ah, you know, like, where'd he go? Maybe he found something cool. Next thing you know, they're, they're walking over the side. And the truth is, guys, we follow like sheep. We will worship something. We are looking for someone or something to guide us. Whether that's pleasure or success or Buddha or Islam or Mormonism or Twitter or Facebook, whatever, we're looking for someone to tell us what to believe, how to believe it, and where to go. It's always hilarious to me, you know, when you have different groups that come out and like, we're original, you know, like goth, you know, that was a big deal for a while, and you could always tell someone who was goth because they all looked alike, right? But I'm so original, like everybody else. No, we're not, no one's original. We are sheep, we are looking for someone to follow. We're looking for someone to tell us where to go. And so if you're here this morning and you feel really smart, and you feel really powerful and strong and original, you're really smart and you're really powerful and you're really strong and original for sheep. We are sheep. We need someone to guide us. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. And we're always in danger. We're in danger from ourselves. We're in danger from the world around us. And, and we need someone to protect us and tell us where to go. We are in need of a good shepherd. And thanks be to God, He has provided one. His name is Jesus, and so we are called to listen to His voice. And so we listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd. We see here in verse 1, because He is good. We listen to His voice because He is good. Verse 1 says, truly, truly, or listen, listen, like for real, for real. I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold, enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and robber. And so if you try and climb up the sheepfold another way, climb over the side of the wall instead of coming in the gate, you're a thief and a robber. Verse 2 says, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. And so we'll stop right there in verse 3 for just a second. And so what Jesus is saying to them is, There are some who try to pretend to be shepherds who aren't shepherds. I don't know if this is a newsflash for you or not, but not everybody tells the truth. Not everybody who tells you they have the answer for you is telling you the truth. In fact, they're probably trying to sell you something. Like last week, we looked at John 9, and these people are uh, the, the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees are trying to sell the people of Israel on a pathway that leads them away from Jesus, not to Jesus. Like the blind man comes, and he's like, listen, he healed me. He, he, you know, he caused me to see. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And they ended up kicking him out of the synagogue. They are false shepherds. They are not true shepherds. But Jesus, our true good shepherd, he restores the rejected. He heals the brokenhearted. He walks up to the front door of the sheepfold and he knocks and guess what? The door opens. The who, Whoever's holding the gate right there opens the door for him to come into the sheep. Why? Because he has a right to be there. He's the true shepherd. He's not a fake shepherd. He's not a pretend shepherd. Guys, there are false prophets in the world who will, be, who will claim to speak on God's behalf. They are not true. 
Jesus, it's true. And so the gatekeeper opens the door to let him into the sheep. Look at the second half of verse 3. The sheep hear his voice. <coughs> and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee for him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And verse 6 tells us this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. But notice the relationship that Jesus has, the shepherd has with the sheep. He calls them by name. You notice it says, he calls his own sheep by name. Isn't that amazing? He calls you by name this morning. He doesn't say sheep number one, sheep number two. I worked at uh, Kmart for just a little bit and uh, over the intercom during the day if you were out on the floor or whatever and they wanted to call you, they didn't say, hey, John, come back to the stock room. You're in trouble again. They would say, employee number 237, come back. They didn't even call you by your name. Here, Jesus calls you by your name. It, it reminded me, uh, I don't know if y'all, any of y'all have memals or grandmas. But how many of them get your name right the first time? I remember John, I mean Jeremy, I mean Justin, I mean Jason. You know, you go down the list. Why? Because, you know, there's so many of us. It's like, which one of them is it? And they all start with J. I can't remember. Jesus doesn't have that problem. He has a, he has a no offense to Meemaws, but he has a deeper relationship with you than your Meemaw. He gets your name right the first time. John, come on. He knows who he's talking to. He knows who he's calling. He says that he knows them by name and he calls them by name. And guess what? When they hear his voice, they follow him. Me and Crystal have been talking about that. She was telling me, if this isn't factually correct, you can talk to her. But she's been telling me that there are places in the world where shepherds, they have their own yodel. And I, I thought about doing some yodels this morning, but I thought I would let her do that. No, I'm just kidding. But, but uh, the, the different shepherds have their own yodel. And so, so what happens uh, now and, and then is what they, the shepherds would do is they put all their sheep in the same fold. They put all their sheep in the same area and they lay them all down. And instead of the shepherd going in and picking their sheep up one by one and carrying them out, they would stand at the door and they would sing for them according to Crystal or according to, to uh, Jesus that he would call them name by na their name. And when he called them, they would stand up and walk out because they kn know their shepherd's voice. They know what the voice of their shepherd sounds like. And when a stranger would walk up and call for them, they would run away according to Jesus here. They would flee him because they, he is not the true shepherd. He is not the one they have a relationship with. The picture we have here is one of where Jesus knows his people. He knows his sheep so well he can call them by name. And when he does, there is no question who it is that is calling us. And we follow after him. The picture of this shepherd, you know, Jesus says that he calls them by name and he walks out and they walk out with him following him. Not as the picture of many shepherds that, that we see today, a different type of shepherding where they walk behind their flocks using dogs and things like that to drive them. No, our shepherd's voice is so compelling that we follow after him because we can trust his voice. We can trust who he is. We know that he is good. We follow our shepherd because he is good, unlike the false prophets, unlike the false teachers, unlike the other things and the other people in this world that want to call us to our destruction. Our Savior says, follow me. And wherever we go, wherever we are, whatever state we are in, not just physical state, but mental and spiritual state, we can hear our, vo our shepherd's voice calling us. 
I still remember when I, when I got a cell phone. I thought I was uh, cool. I thought I was amazing. I thought I was free. And the cell, first cell phone I got was a bag phone. You know, most of y'all probably don't even know what a bag phone is. This is back when pay phones were still a deal. Most of y'all probably don't even know what pay phones are, except for old people saying, you don't know what a pay phone is, right? But, but I mean, uh, old people, I mean me. You know, I don't remember what a pay phone is. But, but a bag phone, it was just so big, it, it slid under the seat in my truck, and I had a, like a, a thing I would pull up and, uh, that was mounted on the dash. I went from that to the StarTech. I don't know if y'all remember the StarTech flip phones. They were amazing. But I still remember when I realized I'd made a mistake. I was riding in the back of a Jeep Cherokee with some friends. I still remember the make and the model. I remember everybody who was there. I won't name their names. But I remember riding down the road, and my phone rings. And this is back before cell phones had caller ID. Did you know they didn't used to have caller ID? That's hard to imagine, isn't it? Like, no games, nothing. But I remember my phone rings, and I answer it. It's the voice of my dad. John, you're late for curfew. What have I done? I am paying someone to allow my parents to be able to find me wherever I am. I'm paying someone to make sure that I am never free again. I thought I was getting freedom. Just a little tip, guys. I'm just telling you, if you don't have a cell phone, don't get one. You'll never... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You see, the truth is, I needed that voice wherever I was and whenever I was. Because I'm a sheep and I'm dumb. And I get myself in trouble and in danger. And wherever I am, I need to hear that voice that says, don't do that, come do this. And so what I, what I thought was getting me away was actually not. But the same thing is true with the Lord. No matter where we are, we are a sheep. And we need to be listening for His voice that says, hey, you're late. Hey, don't go down that path. Hey, don't follow those people. Listen to the shepherd's voice this morning, guys. No matter who you are or wherever you are, good shepherd wants to lead you. He wants to lead you out. He wants you to follow him. Look with me in verse 9. Because it's not just that he wants to lead you. It's that he wants to protect you. He says in verse 9, I am the door. I am the door. And if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Listen to what he's saying. I'm the door. And so here's the picture we get. He's not only the shepherd, he's also the door. He's the protector. So many times what would happen is the shepherds would be out with their flock and they would build a, a, a makeshift uh, you know, thing to keep their sheep in or they would find a cave and put their sheep in and the shepherd would lay down in the doorway. Two reasons. Number one reason, sheep are in danger. Or, yeah, well, sheep are dumb first, right? In the middle of the night, sheep gets up and wanders off. You never find him again. So the shepherd lays down in the door to keep the sheep from wandering off. Second reason is sheep are in danger. A wolf or whatever, a thief that's trying to get at the sheep has to go through the shepherd. Jesus is saying, when you follow me, I am the door. I'm the one who will protect you. I'm the one who will lay down in front of you and make sure that as long as you're following me and as long as you're listening for my voice, you're not going to go off the path. And not only that, you will be protected. You will be safe. It doesn't mean everything will work out easily. It doesn't mean you'll never have trouble again. What it means is that God will have you right where He wants you to be. You'll be protected by His power and by His will. And not only that, look at where He wants to lead you. He says He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So not only will you be safe, You'll be sustained. Contrast this with verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. In other words, the thief cares only about 
himself. He doesn't care about the sheep. He only cares about destroying the sheep. And hear what Jesus came to give us. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. What did John say he wrote this gospel for? So that we would believe in Jesus and that we'd have life in his name. Here we see that when we trust in Jesus, we have life in his name. Not just life, life more abundant. Life that is full and, and full of joy and full of happiness and full of being sustained in him. Having all that we need in him. We, we know that our shepherd will protect us at all costs and he'll provide for us eternal life. When we follow people who aren't our shepherd, when we follow people who aren't Jesus, we follow our own hearts or our own wills or the things of this world, they lead to destruction. They lead to our death is what Jesus is saying. But when we follow him, we have life. We don't just have life, we have it abundantly. Here's a picture of a, a great harvest being reaped by those who follow him, those who follow him out into the good pasture. And so if we follow the false shepherds, we can find destruction if we follow Jesus, we find life. I want to encourage you this morning. Follow the one who offers you life. Don't follow the false shepherds. Don't follow those who would lead you astray. Then look at verse 11. We see on top of all of this, the reason we can have a relationship with this good shepherd. How do we have this relationship? Jesus tells us how he's going to give us this relationship. I am the good shepherd. Here's another I am statement in John's gospel. He is saying, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, in verse 12, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. And so Jesus compares himself to the others. He says, listen, my calling in life is to die for you. My calling in life is to give my life for you. This is not simply a paycheck for Jesus. The sheep are not something that he does. It's the whole reason he came to earth is to lay down his life for the sheep. Like the hired hands, sometimes the shepherds would need to leave their sheep in the hands of hired hands. Either they needed a vacation, they had to go pay some bills, whatever reason, they would hire someone to watch their sheep while they were gone. And Jesus said that while the shepherd was gone, the hired hand, the guy who had been paid to watch the sheep, if he sees the wolf coming, he's like, I'm out. These ain't my sheep. I don't care if they get eaten. I don't got paid. I'm gone. They're, this isn't a calling. This isn't something that they're willing to die for. This is something they're simply doing for a paycheck. And so he says they are going to run away. All these promises, all these things that the world promises you when the going gets tough are all going to be gone. But Jesus says that's not who I am. He says to us that he, his calling, his purpose is to lay down his life for the sheep where the others run away when they see the wolf coming. Jesus stays and fights. You see, sometimes we get the picture of shepherds as being uh, sissies. Y'all know what a sissy is, right? Well, we picture the shepherds being sissies. You know, like when we draw a lot of times Jesus and the shepherd when he has a stick, we, we picture uh, you know, him being not so tough. Let me ask you, how many of y'all would want to take on a wolf with a stick? Right? Like we think we're tough with our guns. Like he had a stick to beat the wolf off. Who would want to do that? Like David talks about killing lions and bears with his hands. These are not uh, guys who you would want to mess with. These are guys who live in the woods with their sheep and kill anything that tries to eat their sheep. I don't, I don't want to mess with them. That's the picture we have of our good shepherd. He isn't just 
kind and loving and good. He's also powerful and strong and brave. We don't need to forget that this morning. What Jesus has done for us is He has killed the wolf. He has killed the bear. He has killed the lion. All those who come against His people. When He went to the cross and He laid, up, laid down His life for us, it wasn't that He was being overpowered by the powers of wickedness. It wasn't that He was being overpowered by the things of this world. He went to the cross on His own. He didn't have His life taken from Him. He gave it freely. He, he gave it on our behalf, not because... Someone made him, but because he loves us. He loves us so much that he killed the wolf once and for all. You see, like sheep, we have all gone astray. Like sheep, we've all went after our own way. We've got our head down, following the grass, eating the sin of this world, getting fat on the things of this world. And Jesus comes in, and the only way we could ever be set free from those things, the only way we could ever be made right with God again is for someone to pay the price. And so he loves us so much, he goes all the way to the cross. And He lays down His life for us so that we can stand whole and loved and have a true relationship with the Lord. Look at verse 14. Look at the benefit of this relationship. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I'm ready to a story about a guy who was an actor who was really good at talking. Like that's what he did for a living was he talked. And people liked to listen to him talk. Can't imagine such a life, such a job. But, but that's, that's what he did. He talked. And so he was at a, a dinner and he was, you know, people were asking him, hey, would you recite this part of that play you're in? Hey, would you recite this poem for us? Because he was just really good at inflecting his voice and, and things like that. Well, so he was taking requests, right? Well, there was an older pastor there, and he asked him to read the twenty or to recite the twenty-third psalm. And this man said, "Okay, I'll recite it, but only if you agree to recite it after I do." And so uh, the the uh, the pastor agrees, and so the actor uh, speaks the twenty-third psalm, and he does it more beautifully than anybody could imagine. Like he knew just right where to put the emphasis on each word, so it came out beautiful out of his mouth. And then after he finishes, he looks at the, the, old, the old pastor. And he says, now you do it. Now you recite the 23rd Psalm. And so the, the older man, his voice cracked. He didn't have the volume anymore from years and years of just being, having to speak so much. And, so, and it wasn't near as eloquent as the actor. But after he got done, they looked around and there wasn't a dry in the room. He had brought the entire room to the entire room to tears, and someone asked the actor, "said What's the difference between when you uh, recited the twenty-third psalm and when this pastor recited the twenty-third psalm?" And he said, "Well, I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd." And 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 the point is this relationship that we have with Christ, this relationship that we have with the Father through Christ, it changes everything changes everything about who we are and what we do. It changes everything about who we love or what we love and how we love the people around us. And everyone who knows the shepherd will be changed by the shepherd. Verse 16 tells us this is a wonderful verse for us because we are Gentile. It says, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must also bring them also. And they will listen to my voice so there will be one flock, one shepherd. Guys, the, the promise of this relationship we have this morning, 
is the promise that we have a relationship with the Father. Like, or we have a promise uh, that we have a relationship with our shepherd the way that the Son has a relationship with the Father. You notice what he says here. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, just as the Son has a relationship with God the Father, we have a relationship with God the Son and God the Father. It doesn't get any closer than that. And so we, we listen to his voice because he is good and because of this relationship we have and because of what he has done for us. And then we also trust his promises. It's not enough simply to listen. We must also trust. And we see this in verse 19. If you skip down to verse 19 quickly, uh, there was a, again a division among the Jews because of these words. What Jesus was saying was making people mad again. Imagine that. Many of them said, He has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Here's what we see, guys. Just because you listen to what the shepherd says doesn't necessarily mean you trust what the, tr the shepherd promises. When they heard what Jesus said, they said either he has a demon or he's crazy or he's telling the truth. There's no other option today. As we've already said as we've walked through John's gospel, Jesus doesn't give you another option. Like his teaching... His preaching is good. Like he has some good wisdom in his teaching. But he never claims to be a good teacher. He claims to be the Son of God come to save the world from our sins. That's what he claims. That's the, on the only option we have is either he's the Son of God, the Savior of the world, or he is insane, possessed by a demon. That's our only two options. And the question you have to answer this morning is which option are you going to hold on to? Are you going to trust on to trust the Savior and His promises? Are you going to walk away saying, no, He can never die in my place. No, He can never provide me the sacrifice that is needed for me to stand before Him. You must choose this morning. Look at His promise. Again, skip down to verse 28 just so that uh, we, we can finish up here. He says in verse 28, I give them eternal life and they, speaking of the sheep, those who believe on Him, those who trust on Him, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Don't you love this picture? He puts his hands around you and holds you. We talk about him having the whole world in his, in his hands. He has us in his hands. He has his people in his hands. He says, I'm going to give them eternal life. They'll never perish. Look at verse 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. The Lord Jesus puts his hands around us and holds us. The Father puts his hands around his hands and holds us. And he says, there is no one who is able to snatch them out of our hands. He says, I and the Father are one. To be held by Jesus is to be held by the Father. To be held by the Father is to be held by Jesus. This is eternal security for those who trust in him. You'll never be taken out of his hands. Because the only way you can receive this life that he promises you is as a gift. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. He says, I give them eternal life. He doesn't say, I offer them a way to earn eternal life. No, he says, I give them eternal life. We simply believe and trust on the Lord and He saves us. It's not that we earn our way into His favor. No, He provides us eternal salvation through going to the cross, through dying in our place. If we could earn our way in, He would have never went to the cross. If we could earn our way in, He would have never died in our place. But we can't. We have to simply believe on Him and trust in His promises. And when we do, there is nothing that could ever take us 
from Him. That's why Paul could say that there is nothing that could separate us from the love of God. Not persecution or trial or anything. And guys, He wants a relationship with you this morning. He wants you to know Him this morning. Maybe you do. Maybe you have followed the Savior. Maybe you have followed the Shepherd. Maybe you have trusted on Him. But maybe like all sheep, you got this being focused on the grass so much, you looked up and you were so far away you didn't know where you were. Maybe you've wandered off from Him this morning. Listen for His voice. Listen to Him calling you back. Guys, don't keep walking away. Turn around and walk right back to Him. He's calling you to Him. Can you hear His voice this morning? Can you hear His voice in your life? Maybe the TV is too loud or just on too much. Maybe your days are too busy because He wants to speak to you. He's given you His Word to do that. Make some time this week to study His Word. Make some time today to study His Word and to pray and ask Him, what is it you're trying to show me? Are you spending time with other sheep so you can see how the shepherd is leading them? Maybe you need to get with the flock to find out how God is speaking to you and how He is speaking to them. Don't miss out on following the Good Shepherd this morning. Don't miss out on the chance to lead others to the Good Shepherd. Tell them the story of how He has called you to Himself. Tell them the story of how He is leading and guiding you so that others can follow Him. Or maybe you've never trusted in Him this morning. Maybe you've never put your faith in Him this morning. Guys, He promises you eternal life. He promises you life more abundantly. And I know the world promises all sorts of things, but they're empty. The promise that Jesus makes is that your life will be more fulfilling and more satisfying than anything this world could offer and that your life will never end in Him if you'll simply turn from your sin, turn from your way of living and turn to what He has called you into. Turn to Him and trust on Him, believe on Him and ask Him to save you. And if you've never done that, I ask you to do that right now. Let's pray. Let's, let's bow our heads and pray. And after I pray, we're going to sing. And as we sing, I want you to come. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that we can trust you, God, that we can depend on you. God, I do thank you for the shepherd this morning. God, I thank you for the call you have given us to follow after you. God, I thank you for knowing our name, for loving us so much that we don't have to wonder whether we are known. We know that we are known. And you love us anyway. God, what amazing grace you have provided for us. Lord, I pray that we would walk out of here today. God, that we'd walk out of here with a, a more uh, firm grasp of what it is you've called us to do, that we would walk out of here with a more firm grasp on your grace. And God, that we would walk out of here today with a more firm grasp on your mission for us. And God, I pray that if any are here that don't know you, who have never followed the shepherd, that they would follow him even now. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. If y'all would stand with us.